Kyle Wright has a rough start to his 2023 season, but the offense picks him up. And on this Stat of the Day Wednesday, I'm going to tell you why the Braves' nine-hole hitter is elite. All that on today's episode of Locked on Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shorts.ball. Also, check out my written work on the Atlanta Braves over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. If you're new, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're watching this video there, do me a favor, hit that thumbs up button to help support the show. And thanks for all your support for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. And, and really appreciate all those out there who are our everydayers listening in every day. I see you down in the comments section. I really do appreciate all the support. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We're going to start today with Tuesday's game where the Braves did end up winning a 7-6. to six. Kyle Wright, rough day, b- debut, but the offense picked him up. And then we're going to start our Wednesday segment, which is the stat of the day. And I'm going to tell you why the nine-hole hitter for the Atlanta Braves is elite. Doesn't matter who's there, but whoever is there, they are an elite hitter. But let's start with Tuesday's game. And let's start with the offense. We'll get into Kyle Wright's start here more in a moment. But I really want to talk about the offense and – a couple of guys who I mentioned yesterday that have been struggling out of the gate and really need to get going, and that's Ozzy Albies and Marcel Ozuna. Now, not the biggest of games overall for them, but we did see Ozzy time up a, a fastball, which is one thing that I mentioned that you know the timing seemed off. He wasn't able to get on fastballs here early in this season. I actually wrote a companion article to that over at bravestoday.com. You want to go check that out where I dove a little bit deeper and exactly what is plaguing Ozzy early on in the season. But he had a big two-run homer to tie up the game at four, so that is certainly great to see for Ozzy, and hopefully he can continue to get things going. Marcelo Zuna only had one hit, but all four balls that he put in play were hard-hit balls, so that is encouraging. He scored from first on a double, um, again, I've talked a lot about he doesn't give you anything outside of home runs, but he, I'm not going to say he showed you speed here, but I mean, to be able to score from first on a double in the gap, certainly it was good to see for Ozuna. So both of those guys contributing Rosario had two hits as well. That was great to see Sam Hilliard at the bottom of the order. Again, going to talk about that more in a second. He had two hits, a couple of doubles and everybody except Murphy had a hit in this game, and Murphy walked twice. And all those players I just mentioned, and I think this is very key, those are all players not named Ronald Acuna Jr., Matt Olson, and Austin Riley. And when you get this whole lineup clicking for top to bottom, or even when you're just getting a guy or two contributing outside of the top three, this offense is going to do what it did on Tuesday night, and it's going to score a lot of runs. Now, those guys at the top got it done as well, like they have been all year long, But, you know, it's great to see some of the others 
contributing as well. And that's what really makes this offense so dangerous is that you have those guys at the bottom who are capable of contributing. They just haven't been doing it a lot lately. But I mentioned Acuna, Olsen, Riley. Those three combined for four hits and two walks. 19 hard-hit balls overall by this team. Over the last stretch of games here, they haven't even been putting up double-digit hard-hit balls. So to see them get to almost 20, again, great to see that from up and down the lineup. That's what we have come to expect from this lineup and what I think we should expect pretty much all season long is a lot of hard contact up and down this entire lineup. Only six strikeouts was great to see, 11 hits and six walks. So all around, just a great offensive performance up and down the lineup. Again, what we really expect to see and should see going forward for this Braves offense. Yeah, they're going to have times where they hit some ruts, but again, more often than not, I think this lineup is going to come through during the season now Matt Olson started the scoring for the Braves with a, a solo home run a ball hit 118.6 miles per hour it was the hardest hit ball in the majors so far this season it's the hardest hit ball by a Braves player since they started tracking this in 2015 so just a ball that was absolutely destroyed from Matt Olson, who's done a lot of that here lately to start the season. And again, hopefully that is a trend that continues for the first baseman as he's off to a really good start for the Atlanta Braves, who wasn't off to a really good start in 2023 is Kyle Wright, unfortunately. And, you know, kind of got through the first two innings just fine, looking like Kyle Wright, but things really got away from him in that that third inning. Gave up the leadoff single to India, and then a chopper that bounced over the first baseman for a double, second and third, you nobody out. Then you got the walks, the hit batters, and then had two strikeouts. And it looked like he was going to get out of it and, and just continue on in his evening and perhaps get on track. And then you had that infield hit where the Braves were shifting on the right-handed batter, so you had Ozzy playing more up the middle. If he's playing traditional second baseman, second base position, that's an easy ground ball out that ends the inning. But as it was, they were shifted over, so Ozzy has to range that ball, gets to it, but runner was just too fast, couldn't make it out there. Runner comes around from second to score as well, and the Reds take a three-to-one lead. Kyle Wright walks a couple more batters before he finally gets out of the inning, giving up four runs so that one just really got away from them probably a product of some some rust sure for sure but so close to getting out of that and you just wonder if Ozzy's able to make that play or if they're not shifted there and you get out of that just giving up the one run does he get in a groove does he go back out there pitch a couple of more innings but was not the case and clearly was not the Kyle Wright we saw last year, but he will get there. I think ideally, and I said this on the postcast with Grant McCauley, which you can listen to in the Lockdown Braves podcast feed or go watch over at Lockdown Sports Atlanta on YouTube. But I said, ideally, I think Dylan Dodd and or Jared Schuster would have pitched better out of the gate and you could have allowed Kyle Wright to throw a, throw another rehab start, at least one more. I think he probably needed at least one more. You know, he did go six innings in his rehab start at Gwinnett, uh, but still struggled a little bit in that one. I think he probably would have benefited from having at least one more rehab start. But because Dodd and Schuster, particularly Schuster, who more likely would have been lined up for this, just weren't getting it done. I think the Braves felt like they needed to go to Kyle Wright, but 
again, I think in a perfect world, you would have gotten him another rehab start before bringing him back up because he clearly still has some rust to knock off uh, to get geared up for the season. But he, he will get there. I have no real concerns long-term this season for Kyle Wright. Again, he was so close to getting out of that inning, just allowing the one run. He only gave up two hard-hit balls. It's not like you know they were drilling baseballs off of him. It was really just a lack of command in the walks, hit batter, and a couple of um, bad hops that didn't go his way and some batted ball luck that didn't go his way. So he'll he'll settle in, he'll get better, and he'll be a big part of this rotation going forward. Now, we got to talk about Michael Tonkin, a guy who was out of options coming into spring training, so you felt like there was a chance he was going to make this roster, and he did, and man, he has been absolutely huge for the Atlanta Braves, especially on this night where Kyle Wright's only able to go three innings. The bullpen's already been taxed and it's shorthanded. You really needed somebody to step up out there and give the Braves some innings. Not only did Michael Tonkin give the Braves three shutout innings, he kept them in that game and allowed the offense to come back to tie it up and eventually take the lead. Just can't tell you how huge of an outing that is for Michael Tonkin, perhaps the last guy on the roster out of spring trainings. Just huge innings to cover right, to cover the bullpen, to settle things down for that offense. And now you look at the year for Michael Tonkin so far. Eight and a third innings, just three hits allowed, one walk, two earned runs, and seven strikeouts. He's not just been good for the Braves. He has been great. And look, he was great at AAA last year. It's a little surprising he didn't get a shot last season. So, you know, this is a guy, he's a veteran. It's not like he's a young guy coming up. He has big league experience. It's been a while for him. But this guy was really good at AAA last year for Gwinnett. He's coming on and throwing some big innings early in the season for the Atlanta Braves. But None bigger than the three he threw on Tuesday night to help settle things down in that game. Now we got to talk about the problem in the bullpen, and that is Joe Jimenez. It just is not there. He is not a guy that you can trust right now, and I I really hate it because the Braves gave up a really solid prospect in Justin Henry Malloy for Joe Jimenez, and Henry Malloy may become nothing. You know, I, I don't know, but... I talked about it when that trade happened. That was a lot to give up for one year of Joe Jimenez, who really had had one good season with Detroit. Now, Jimenez was slow coming into spring training. Perhaps he's still a little rusty, and maybe he'll get his feet under him and get going, get that velocity back up. But they traded for this guy to be one of their setup pieces right there with Mentor. And, and he's the last man in the bullpen right now that I trust. I mean, it's a you know three-run game when he comes in and he leaves and it's a one run game. I mean, you just cannot trust him right now in any kind of high leverage situation. And I get why Snickers going to him. The bullpen shorthanded mentors unavailable at this, at this point, but he's just not a guy that you can trust in a three run game at the moment. But unfortunately Dylan Lee was able to come in and bail him out. And then Nick Anderson, again, like Tonkin, one of the last guys to get in. Although I think, Anderson deserved it out of spring training. He just didn't get in because he had options, but he does ultimately get on because of the injuries, and he is one of the better arms in the bullpen right now, one of the more trusted arms. He gets the save and closes the door with Mentor unavailable. So mostly great job by the bullpen outside of him and his Jesse Chavez comes in and did what 
he typically does for the Braves. Um, so love that the offense picked the, the pitching up in this one, the starting pitching in general, and love that the bullpen, for the most part outside of Joe Jimenez, really locked things down for the Braves to get this win and secure this series. They go for the sweep on Wednesday, which we'll talk about later in the episode. But next, I want to give you our stat of the day and tell you why the nine-hole hitter for the Braves is an elite hitter. No matter who's there, they have been elite for the Braves. We'll talk about that next. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on, sign up, place your first bet, and get in, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. You want to go out there and place a bet on the number of strikeouts Spencer Strider's going to have on Wednesday, you can do that. Don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Please also make sure that you bet responsibly, and if you need help, make sure that you reach out. FanDuel has a place for that as well. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, I mentioned me and Graham McCauley have the postcast over on Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed there. They got a lot of great content for all you Atlanta sports fans. I know the Hawks had a big win on Tuesday night as well as they get into the playoffs. A lot of Falcons stuff going on. I think they made a trade the other day as well for a cornerback. So you want to hear about all that, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta as well as Locked On Falcons and Locked On Hawks as well. All right. I want to start a new segment here on Wednesday. Started a segment on Tuesday, the Taco Tuesday, talking about the biggest things going on in Braves country right now, the biggest talk about the Braves right now. On Wednesday, we're going to have our stat of the day. So for today's stat of the day, the nine-place hitter for the Atlanta Braves this year is batting 400 with a 10-16 OPS in 12 games. I mentioned this on the postcast yesterday, and after I saw that, I just had to go in and do a little bit more digging because – that is unreal for your ninth place hitter. And let's take a step step back and take a moment and think of what the nine place hitter used to be for the Braves, for National League baseball teams. Look, I was against the designated hitter coming to the National League. I like the old style of baseball and the strategy that came with, you know, not having the DH in the game. And I think it's a little boring. And I think it makes your bench players useless. But it is here. And the Braves have benefited tremendously from not having the hitter in the nine spot. Not only are they tops in those stats this year, they were tops in those stats last year as well. You look back at last year for the Braves, they let the nine hole hitter led all of baseball for nine hole hitters with a 269 average, 789 OPS, 469 slugging, and 26 home runs. That was the production the Braves got from the nine hole last year. And they're doing it again this season as well. 18 hits from the nine spot is four more than any other team so far this year. And, you know, helped last year. Obviously they had Michael Harris and Von Grissom batting in that spot a lot, who are two really good hitters. But I think a big factor in all of this is you're essentially batting in front of Ronald Acuna Jr., and pitchers know that, and pitchers know they have to attack that nine-hole hitter because you let them on base, and you got Acuna coming up with a runner on. 
So those nine hole hitters, they're getting fastballs. They're getting 2-0 fastballs. If you can work a count into your favor in the nine hole, you know you're going to get a fastball. And so I think that plays a huge role in why the nine hole hitter has been so effective for the Braves. They've also had really good players in that nine hole spot. You look at Orlando Arcia this year when he's been batting ninth, he's slashing 391, 440, 609 in six games. Let me read that to you again. Orlando Arcia, when batting ninth this season, is slashing, he's hitting 391, 440 on base percentage, and a 609 slugging percentage. Sam Hilliard, 15 at bats from the nine hole spot this year. He's hitting 400. And then you look at Pilar, Rosario, and White, they're all combined three for seven in that spot. Doesn't really matter who you're putting there for the Atlanta Braves. They're getting it done, and that has become a huge benefit for the Braves, not having that pitcher spot there and being able to put somebody there that's going to get on base for Acuna, Olsen, and Riley at the top of that order. It is something that has greatly benefited the Braves. It's a great low-leverage spot, and it's great protection in the lineup. Like I said, with Acuna, with Olsen, with Riley, batting behind that nine-hole spot, I just think it's a, a great place to put a hitter who can get on base. That's why I was all for Vaughn Grissom before we knew Orlando Arcee was going to come and take this shortstop job. I thought it would be a great spot for Grissom. Just put him down there with his speed and let him get on base in front of those guys. I even kind of somewhat jokingly hinted at it yesterday that maybe you put Ozzy Albies in that ninth spot and allow him to get going and, you know, see if he can get some better pitches and get going in that nine spot as, Everybody seemingly does, and then you get him on base with his speed in front of Acuna, Olsen, and Riley. It just doesn't really seem to matter who the Braves have put there. They have had a ton of success, and it's been a huge benefit for the Braves with that DH coming into play to be able to put that guy at the bottom of the order and allow them to flip it for the top of the order. Uh, again, it's just amazing right now when you look at the numbers for the Braves a year and 12 games into this season now, what that nine spot has done for this offense and how it has really fed the top of the order. So hopefully that's something that continues. And maybe it's something we look at if a player is struggling, you put them down in that nine hole to see if that can get them going. Hey, who knows? Maybe put Marcelo Zuna down there and see if he can go on a hot streak. But that's not the typical type of player I want to see in that nine hole. I do want to see somebody down there with a little bit of speed that can get on base, you know, in front of those guys at the top. But either way, the Braves' nine-hole hitter is elite. It doesn't really seem to matter who it is, but whoever they put in that spot, they that they are elite, an elite hitter. So that is our stat of the day Wednesday. I'll bring that to you every Wednesday. Sometimes we'll dive into the analytics. Sometimes it'll just be an eye-popping stat like this one was. But that'll be our Wednesday segment for the regular season. So hopefully you enjoy that. And we'll do that, like I said, throughout the regular season. All right, next, got a little bit of news, some unfortunate news for Ian Anderson that we'll discuss. And it'll set you up for Wednesday's game where we got a couple of flamethrowers on the mound in Hunter Green and Spencer Strider. We'll talk about that next. Everyone is always looking for a great fantasy baseball game to see how they would do as the GM of a baseball team. And if you are one of those people, I have just the app you're looking for. Ultimate Pro Baseball GM is a mobile game that lets you manage your own professional baseball franchise to try and build 
and win a World Series. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, uh, scouting and drafting players, managing difficult personalities, navigating your franchise through free agency, all the ups and downs of a season. You want to live that out. You want to live out your dream as a GM. Then you got to check out Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. And Locked On Braves listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Uh, we will have a mailbag podcast coming up this week. We'll have an off day on Thursday. So be thinking about those questions and getting ready to submit those in. I'll send out a tweet from the main locked on underscore Braves Twitter feed uh, looking for those questions. So again, be on the lookout for that. We'll have a mailbag episode coming up on Friday. We did have some unfortunate news on Tuesday as Ian Anderson is going to have a Tommy John surgery coming out of his last start, felt something in his elbow. And it's looking like it is going to be the UCL. So he's going to have Tommy John surgery, which means he'll miss, miss all the rest of this year and most of next year. Perhaps we see him back towards the end of next season. But pretty much these this season and next year are going to be a wash for Ian Anderson as he rehabilitates that elbow. But hopefully this becomes somewhat of a reset for Ian Anderson, who has had a difficult year plus now. Things have not been going well for him. Hopefully, this can be a good thing. This can be a reset, and he comes back stronger, healthier, and looking like the Ian Anderson that we saw in his first couple of years in the big leagues. But prayers, well wishes for Ian. Certainly hate to see him have to go through that. But again, hopefully in the long run, it's a good thing for him. On Wednesday, the Braves are going to go for a sweep over the Cincinnati Reds, and it is going to be a pitching matchup you do not want to miss, especially if you like high-velocity, dominant-type stuff from your starting pitchers. Spencer Strider versus Hunter Green. Now, Hunter Green, probably the more notable prospect, you know, taken early in the draft by the Reds. Hasn't quite had the success Spencer Strider has had to this point, but again, big-time stuff. You know it's coming for him eventually. But so far this year, eight innings pitched and two games started and is yet to complete Five innings so far this year. Ten hits, six walks, five earned run, one home run, but 13 strikeouts in eight innings. So, again, big-time stuff. He's going to get his strikeouts. Uh, like I said, hasn't made it through five innings so far this year. Will just strike out a lot, but has walked three in each of his first two starts as well. So, throws a lot of pitches, can lose his command at times. So, Braves hitters got to be patient. I know that can be difficult for them sometimes, but they have done a pretty good job of taking their walks this year. Hunter Green actually faced the Braves last year in his MLB debut, as you might remember, on in, in April. I believe it was April 10th last year. Five innings, four hits, two walks, three earned, two home runs, and seven strikeouts in that outing. So, again, take the over on strikeouts in this one. I think there's going to be a lot of them. Hunter Green's average fastball velocity this year, 99.9 miles per hour. You're going to see a lot of triple digits from Hunter Green in this one. And like Spencer Strider, he is primarily a fastball slider pitcher. Now, his slider is not nearly as dominant a pitch as Spencer Strider's is, but that fastball uh, is very good and does come in really hard. So 
going to be a lot of fun. As for Strider, 11 innings pitched this year and two starts, just seven hits allowed, but six walks for Spencer in those 11 innings. His command's been a little up and down early on in the season as well. Three earned runs all coming on a three-run homer given up to Matt Carpenter in that Padres game. 18 strikeouts for Spencer Strider, though, in those 11 innings. His average fastball this year is 97.2 miles per hour, which is actually a mile per hour slower than his average last year. Now, one thing I've noticed with Strider is that it seems like he's more 96-97 early in counts and then really reaching back for that 98-99 when he needs it, which I think is smart. And again, he's carrying this velocity late into his outings as well. So there's no real concern for me that that average fastball velocity is down. I think he's being a smarter pitcher and kind of saving that for when he needs it. Now, his slider has been nearly unhittable so far this year. 57.7% whiff rate on Spencer Strider's starter slider in his first two starts. So going to be a lot of strikeouts in this one. Again, take the over. I think you're going to see a lot of swings and misses in Wednesday's game. But hopefully the Braves do come out on top and get the sweep. Hopefully Strider's able to put it all together in this start. Thrown a lot of pitches in his first two starts. Those six walks, that's something I'm sure he certainly would like to improve upon, see him get deeper into the game. May we see a pitcher complete seven innings. That would certainly be a welcome sight for a Braves bullpen that has been overworked. But either way, should be a fun one on Wednesday night. Me and Grant will have the postcast for you after that one. Again, on the Locked On Braves podcast feed over on, over on Locked On Sports Atlanta as well. That will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thanks for making Locked On Braves your first listen of each and every day. Thank you all to all the everydayers out there that we have listening, commenting in the comments section. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at shortstopball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 